Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of the Grand Prix Good Luck Podcast. Of course, I'm JT, and we're with... Alex. Ollie. Oh, we just spoke over each other. Ollie. Wow, well, you guys are real amateur <laughs> podcast speakers. I'm just a guest here, man. I don't know what you're talking about. This podcast, of course, is coming out a little late, but it is right before the Mexican Grand Prix, so so it's perfect. So uh, let's get started. The USA Grand Prix. What an amazing Grand Prix, guys. I wouldn't say amazing. USA, 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 USA. I think we can start by talking about... The best race for people in America, fans? Yes, guys, we got good news this race. Guess who was in the points? Our boyhood hero. Our American hero. Our... What are words? How else can we describe him? I don't even know. The the man, the myth, the legend. Logan, he in fact does know what a kilometer is. He does. Oh, yeah, so he knows what the kilometer is. Logan Sargent in the points. And uh, I'm really surprised. I mean, good for him. It but, happened. Um, this leads to. He didn't really get in the points in the race, but after the few disqualifications. At the end of the day, when you at look the at end the end points, of the day, he has points. Points, points are points. Yeah, exactly. When, yeah. when they did that shitty ass half race in Spa. Points are points. Oh Mazepin got points. Uh, speaking of points, uh, should we talk about uh, Logan Sargent's future? And uh, after this point finish, what, what does his future look like? Well, Williams did say, uh, I saw something online, that they were willing to back him 100%. Like, they are going to continue to develop with him, despite his results, like, probably until next year or maybe years after that. But points is a good sign for him. It's showing that he does have the potential and he's getting better slowly. I mean, I, I, Williams I, as well. I mean, Alex Albon can do it, but he has that magic thumb. Points in an, and he was one position behind Albon in the race. So he's, he's up there doing well. I think he's doing good. I mean, if you look at the sprint race, Look at the stats. He finished 19th, and the only person under him was Lance Stroll, who had a DNF. So I would say that's pretty impressive for a race. A good recovery on Williams, of course. You know, you have to give some of that uh, strategy, obviously. And for someone who did qualify completely last by three tenths of a second, I got to give him credit. Uh, I really think uh, Williams are going to resign him for next year. Hundred percent. I think he has that seat. I think one more year, and from that year, they can really decide if, uh, if going into twenty twenty five, they want Logan Sargent part of the team. I mean, if you look at all the te- uh, the rookies right now, like today, there were five people, five rookies driving, and there's a big future at F one for, for the new guys. Did you guys know that? Uh, I'll get let you I'll give you guys the question. I think. Uh, sorry, right, go right ahead. Before, I think. It's quite tough being a rookie right now, especially for next year. There's no seats open next year. Yeah, it's there. it's real tough, especially going into 2026. New regulations. I think teams want an established driver where they're able to throw in the simulator hours. They don't want a rookie who can barely 
barely like Logan Spargent, he was dying in Qatar, right? Like twenty twenty six, new completely new regulations. I don't think teams are looking for someone who can't survive a race. Not that Qatar wasn't hard. It's just that he was the only person struggling speed wise. The person struggling in general. That race should not have taken place at this time of year. If they would have held it a little later in the year, it would have been less intense for the drivers as far as the environment goes. Yeah, so. I think that was a little silly. I mean, but I, I have to give the you guys are the greatest athletes in the sport. Uh, I think I think the to me the best strategy would be having the drink, the limit of the drink, increased in Qatar. Like mandate teams to have a higher drink limit. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah I know. Point, though, when it's in the car, it's going to just get fucking boiling hot anyway. Correct, but I mean, water is still water. Water is water, but warm water is not the greatest. You guys want to guess who had the highest average speed? Let me rephrase that. Which team had the highest average speed around the circuit? I uh, think um, it was Alpine. It was not Alpine. Mr. Alex, um, any any ideas? I guess Mercedes. It was not Mercedes. The fastest lap. You guys know who dropped fastest lap, right? I believe I do. Wasn't it, was Sonoda, it? Sonoda? Yeah, Yuki pitted last lap, uh, just to drop fastest lap. So of course he had the highest average speed of 202 miles per hour. But below Yuki Sonoda, it was DR3 himself. Daniel Ricardo was at a 139.3 which was only two hundredths faster than Russell, but Yuki and Daniel were one and two in the fastest lap leaderboard. That's Russell, interesting. Ricardo's back. He is back. He is racing. I haven't seen him in weeks, months. The Badger's back on the track. Yeah, but he was he was one of the three live drivers to get lapped. So <laughs> <laughs> glad you. Kevin Magnuson and Daniel Ricciardo were the three drivers to get lapped. I think Daniel has one more year in the sport for him to decide if he retires or they send him up to Red Bull. I don't think Daniel Ricciardo is the guy who he used to be. If Daniel Ricciardo loses his seat in F1, where will we see him go? I think definitely at at like Red Bull market. Like, you know what helmet Marco is to Red Bull right now? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that... Daniel Ricardo has the brains as Marco. I'm not saying Marco is a good guy. I'm just saying he's in- really intelligent. That's the type it's of on... place Daniel Ricardo will be. He'll still be one of the faces of Red Bull, but I don't think he'll be as powerful as Marco. He's got that like, poster think... child type thing with like the smile, puts it on for the cameras. All the smile, fans love everyone him. loves him. Every... Yeah. If you ever watch a clip of Daniel Ricardo walking into an interview, all you hear is ah ah. Non-stop yelling of all the fans, which I but think is if cool. He, if he loses his seat and he has to go race for a different event, a different series, NASCAR. NASCAR? I think NASCAR. Oh, or IndyCar. IndyCar. No, I don't think Daniel Ricciardo. I don't think IndyCar. I think he's gonna do a rally. rally I can see so. Daniel Ricciardo being in a rally car in a good old Honda rally. No, there's a Red Bull team for uh, Rally and WRC. It's a uh, Ford, I believe. Red oh, Bull it's Ford. Yeah, I believe it's. Maybe Ford. that. Yeah, cool. I see. I see Ricardo finishing off one, going straight to Rally racing. 
That would be very interesting to see, for sure. Who who was the other driver that did that? It was Kimmy Raikkonen. Kimmy, yeah. The Iceman. The Iceman. So with Logan Sargent being in the points, let's talk about why he got it. Why he is in the points. Oh, God. Did What is it? Disqualifications for Leclerc and Hamilton. Wow. Uh, that was intense. I mean... It's unexpected, really. Kind of, I was surprised. It kind of came out of nowhere when I got the notification from the F1 app. I'm like, they did what? <laughs> and the, the truth is, this rule's been around since 1993. The rule basically yeah. says you need a certain amount of centimeters or whatever on your floorboard and so the FIA is saying that these tests are ran completely random but I also do think it's very suspicious that these tests are ran on the two cars that run really close to the ground so if you ever do watch the Ferraris and Mercedes race you always see sparking happening it's because their skid blocks are so close to the ground compared to other teams Yep. So I think those skid blocks are. That's what they measure. They measure the skid blocks. I think it's it's like one centimeter, one millimeter of damage to it will disqualify you from the race. Correct, but again, I don't think you should look at the number because if it's either it's in the regulations or it's not. Yeah. I mean, those things but are made of. You're right. Titanium? It's titanium uh, they're made hard. out of. Glass, glass reinforced plastic. The skid block is made out of reinforced glass reinforced plastic, and then there's titanium skid blocks. There's three of them on the board, and those three cause the sparks. Uh, The plank must be one centimeter thick. If the thickness is less than 9 millimeters, then it would be considered a breach of technical regulations, which would result in a disqualification for a team. And if you guys can guess who was the first person to have this violation? Michael Schumacher. Yeah, in, in 1994 at the Belgian Grand Prix, which yep. I think is... Actually, guys, later in the episode today, there's a fun fact that takes place in the Belgian Grand Prix, but this time it's the... 2021 Belgian Grand Prix, and not the 1994. Yeah, I think I'm. I was reading the same article as you about the skid block rules and how they work. I think you're sharing your screen, so we we are reading the same article. <laughs> oh, so yeah, guys. So that's why. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put me on blast. So there. I think it's unlucky for Leclerc. <laughs> And Hamilton, I mean, it is completely random, but then again, they are the two teams that are running their cars closest to the ground. So, so they are. But, sorry. The way I was looking at it is, half the people selected were disqualified. Why did they run it for the entire grid? I do definitely think there are teams there that don't run. Like Red Bull... They don't run a really low to the ground car. Yeah, but if, if half the if on a random basis half the grid got disqualified, according to the statistics of what they picked, how different would the race look like? I, we would have seen 
took Kevin every single and lap down in the points. <laughs> we would have seen what's what's his name? We would have seen Hulkenberg at his first podium. So there is a He finished eleventh. I mean I see it. I could it definitely could've, see him getting his could have happened. Uh honestly though, like people were complaining that why didn't they search the Red Bull? They're saying they didn't search Red Bull because Red Bull has an illegal car. Uh, and this year, Silverstone, right before the Silverstone Grand Prix, the FIA took the Red Bull car and they completely took it apart, inside out. And they found nothing that went against the violations and technical regulations of this year. Which, Alta haters out there, the Red Bull car is completely legit. Somehow. Somehow, somehow, I mean, some way, somehow, yeah. Uh, we can also talk about Perez. He finished fourth this race, which After is many races of not finishing very well. Yeah, which is, I mean, I'll give him credit. Fourth is a solid, fi- solid, uh, solid finish, especially when you got Norris, Sainz, Verstappen ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like but when you have a teammate that is over two hundred points ahead of. Like, okay, well, in this case, it's Paris. Paris is in second place. But he's 200 points above. I feel like at a certain point, it's the driver and not the car. You know what I mean? But then again, you're so f- he's so far ahead of everyone else that as a teammate, you just have to realize that this guy's just faster than me. And he's just built like that. He's just built like that. Perez is only, like, 39 points ahead of Lewis, which is a race win and like an eighth position, which is literally nothing. And if yeah. Perez loses the second place, I think he will be replaced by Daniel Ricardo and Perez will retire. The I rumor think. is, I called it actually a few weeks ago, is that Sergio Perez will announce his retirement at the end of uh, t- uh on tomorrow during the qualifying. During qualifying, uh, yeah. I think he's I feel like I don't know. I feel like he still wants to race, but I am not sure if he's gonna keep that seat for sure. Just especially <laughs> if he loses that second place to Hamilton, which the points are looking very close right now. It's not looking too good for him. Yeah, he seat. has nowhere to go. There's not another seat open with his name on it. Yeah, no one's really looking There's for him. There's no seats open next year. There's yeah, no besides seat the sergeant seat, but I don't think Williams are trying to be the number two driver at Red Bull backup seat because they have Albon and if they get Perez that looks really bad on Williams as a team as why are we not putting in our own rookies and we're putting in this 36 year old man wow that is a tragic thing for him Uh, one funny thing about this weekend was I I saw this all over online is uh, before the race Leclerc Charles he he went into Gasly (laughs) Do you guys know what happened? <laughs> he asked about his strategy. Yeah, so he asked him about the strategy. Uh, Charles asked Gasly. Uh, <laughs> Charles asked Gasly uh, if they were doing a one-stopper, and I quote: "This is what Pierre Gasly said: No fucking way was I doing a one-stop." <laughs> End quote. <laughs> and here we have it in in our notes in big. Bold, red, underlined, highlighted. Ferrari, pain. Ferrari, pain, man. Can't escape it. Because somehow, <laughs> Ferrari ran a one-stopper. 
And oh, thank know, God, like, oh it didn't matter at the end of the day, because it got disqualified, but still. Yeah. <laughs> no, I swear, like, Leclerc heard, like, in the fucking discussion room, the Ferrari, like, alright, this race, we're gonna do a one-stop, and he's like, there's no way. He's like, I need to ask somebody else. I need to get confirmation that I'm not crazy. <laughs> he, he asked his literal best friend, Pierre, and, which is weird, I think teams are, like, teammates, like, they're such good friends, they're discussing strategy with each other. I think it's obviously Alpine knows they're not racing Ferrari. Uh, mm-hmm. And Charles, uh, Pierre Gasly, I said, I quote, uh, there is no fucking way I'm going for a one-stop. And then Charles responded with, okay. Okay. He just accepted his face. He's like, I'm done. I'm done. Remember this debriefing? He's like, oh, we are, we are fucked this race. And then, and then Pierre Gasly goes on to say, I quote, we looked at each other a little bit, conf- and I was a little bit confused on what he was saying, but I think we did the best strategy we could. And from his face after, I don't think he liked that one-stop strategy much. End quote. The Ferrari strategists are I really their think, usual um, business. And I think the worst part was is after the race, uh, Fred Vasseur was interviewed by the media, and uh, he was asked with Charles, who was 10 seconds in front of Carlos after 12 laps, Fred Vasseur decided to that it was the best idea for the one stop, and he still thinks that the one stop was a good choice. Yeah, I can't, man. Just accept that you made a mistake. At least he is confident in his decisions. That man's not backing down. Which, which I, I mean, which is good for Ferrari. Going back to Ferrari, uh, that was one problem with Mattia that there was a decision made. We need you to come in. We need you to come in. No, no, stay out, stay out, stay out. No. Uh, <laughs> if you know what I mean, if you know what I mean. We had uh, a lot of these this season, yeah. which is good. Which is good. I mean. That's what I think Fred Research really doing is whatever decision they make, they just have to deal with the consequences. Yeah. But in in my in my uh if I was a strategist on the on in the F one world right now, I'd do exactly what Red Bull was doing. There's no question about it. If Red Bull is doing a two stopper, I will always be doing a two stopper. Red, Red Bull, Bull or Williams. Right. Williams. Like whatever Alex Albon's doing. I'm gonna agree with whatever he's doing. Yeah, he's I'm gonna do it. Tire management god over there, though, or now Williams. Uh, let's talk about Esteban Ocon. All right, here's my fun fact. Did you guys know that Esteban Ocon has the most DNFs on the grid? I did not know that. He does. Uh, and for that, death penalty to Ocon. <laughs> for that. <laughs> Another 50-second penalty for him, because why Why not? You guys know which uh, who has the highest DNFs in F1 history? Uh, I'll give you a hint. He has a 56.56 DNF rate. He's been in there for a while. He has started 256 races, and he's finished 111 of them, which means he has a 56.6 DNF rate. Oh my god, dude. That's that's a lot of DNFs. I don't think that's anybody currently on the grid. No, 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 no it's not. It's, uh, uh, it's the driver called Ricardo Patrice. Jeez. That's an never heard of him. Who let that man in a seat? <laughs> uh, like Ali said, Logan Sargent has the highest percentage of DNFs, and like he also said, Alonso has the most retirements. That makes sense. He's been there for ages. <laughs> Bo's doing the wrong type of retiring. 
Yeah, bro. <laughs> no, no. Fernando Alonso wasn't at Renault. Let's remember that. Which is on Alpine. So there's a correlation happening here. We got Alcon. We got we got Alonso being having issues in the Renault. Now it's oh no, Alonso was in the Alpine, wasn't he? Alonso well, it was, was Alpine, in the Alpine at the time. Two years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then no, Daniel Ricciardo had issues in the Renault as well, didn't he? Yeah, the Renault is Dookie on a stick reliability. The Renault was Dookie turned into an Alpine, or it's a name change. Still shit. And from Fernando Alonso passed down to Alcon. Alcon can't drive that shit. That shit breaks down every week, basically. <laughs> it's like it's like every car I've owned. This is why the French don't, aren't good at cars. They're not good at manufacturing. You guys know who the U.S. counterpart is of Alpine? The U.S. counterpart? Usual? Oh, no. no, it's Nissan. Nissan and Renault have an alliance. Oh yeah. Interesting. So they share majority of their parts. So if you're driving a Nissan, like a Nissan Rogue, there is a there's a Renault counterpart to it, some part of the world, which is pretty unique. Uh, let's move on to someone who is very unique, someone who holds the records for the most race starts, but least wins. Is that correct? Can we get a fact check on that one, guys? I think it is. It's something along the lines of. Most race starts without a podium or without a win. Yeah, without a win. Without a win. Uh, any guesses on who that is? I have a feeling that is our oh, there boy is. Lando Norris. You'll take a guess. Oh, sorry. He's the highest scoring Formula One driver without a win. And you are right. Yep. That is Lando Slow Norris. Hey man, Lando. I hope not gonna pit for West Norris. I think. Uh, I think if you asked Lando why he didn't pit, he would probably beat you up on sight. And then you see Lando with his fist up just punching you straight in the face. 543 points without a win. Which is impressive. I mean, it's a record on its own. Do you think it's a car issue? I not at all, bro. Have you not seen that, McLaren? I think it's a second-hand version of the Hulkenberg curse, except he just can't win. I, I think it really has to do with uh, looking for that win too much. As much as Lando Norris says that he's not going for the win, when he's racing, I think I think his goal is the win. It's everyone's goal to win. But it is I feel everyone like he will... Yeah. But I don't think uh, Max Verstappen goes in a race. Okay, he does go in a race to win, but I don't think Alex He already Alvon... knows he's going to win. That's why he's so calm about it, dude. Albon doesn't go into a race and be like, I'm going to go win the race. He's in a Williams. He just knows he's not going to win. But he knows he can get that consistent clerk. Yeah, bottom of the points. All right. Uh, let's talk about something else with Norris. Uh the rumor is Norris was given a 2024 buyout option, whatever, like how Daniel Ricciardo was bought out of Mercedes or McLaren for $20 million. Uh, Landon Norris had the same type of clause where he could buy out. Red Bull was willing to pay for it, contingent on Norris signing with Red Bull for 2024. And it turns out uh, Norris declined. Interesting. I mean, right now, I think it's a good choice. McLaren is cooking. They've come a long way from the beginning of the season. but. 
I know that they are still developing this car, whereas other top teams have started developing next year's car, which next could put them at a disadvantage for the coming seasons. And especially if you look at rumors for the 2026 cars, the rumor is McLaren is so far behind. Yeah, I feel like they're they too are, they are, on the present. They're tied with Haas on the 2026 car development. That's the rumor right now in the paddock, which is... So, uh... Okay, the factory needs to uh, again slave more, basically. Yeah, that that that's they, they need the OT them. hours. Give them a dollar and a half, bro, for real. Get, get them working. You get the the Chinese sweatshop workers over here. That's what they yeah. need. No, I, I kind of I kind of feel bad for Norris. Uh, at Red Bull, he would have been in a race winning car. But he would have hundred percent been the number two driver because him and oh, he, Max yeah. are one year apart. They're not, and Max is signed till twenty twenty eight. Like, Ma- whatever Max says, Rebel would be doing, even though they have a very capable driver next to him. At you McLaren, know? the bad part is right now he's competing for the number one spot. Norris was the number one driver until Piastri came in, and Piastri shocked the world. Yeah, he's getting in contention for that number one spot. McLaren. For that number one spot. So this, it's. I think, I hope not, but Lando Norris's career could go down in F1 as wasted potential. Or just bad, another case of bad luck. But, another, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he probably has another 10, 11 years in the sport. He's going to be in the sport until, like, how Pep Perez is in the sport for so long. So maybe closer to the end of his year, he might have a few world champions, but... It all really depends on how these future regulations play yeah, out. Yeah, 2026 is going to be a big year in everyone's career. Will be. Uh, speaking of 2026, do you guys know why the pit stops have increased? This is the segment of every podcast we do called JT's F1 Fun Facts, and today we'll be talking about the pit stop. Uh, do you guys know why the pit stops have increased in time when Rebel was doing 1.8, 1.9, and now they're doing 2.5? Isn't it safety? Like, uh, something about uh, everyone nicknamed to say the good. They are saying safety, but at the 2021 Belgian Grand Prix, the FIA introduced that uh, additional seconds must be taken for each sec- each second. Uh, mechanics must take at least 0.15 seconds for each action they do, which means moving the tire, putting on the tire, drilling the tire. The car must be at least 15 seconds, point 15 seconds between, sorry, there must be at least 15, point 15 seconds between mechanics attaching the wheels and the car dropping to the ground. Which, that is the one main safety thing. And then the worst part about this is there must be an additional point 0.2 seconds before the driver leaves the pit stop area. And, again, fun fact, this, this forces fast engineers to slow down which causes them to take longer like if you're already a kind of slow person you just have to do it at your normal pace and everything will be ready this is hence why mclaren is doing so good this year is their guys are not that fast they're fast they're not that fast but since their drive their guys don't have to slow down their regular pace is making it uh making it perfect yeah. And one more fun fact. The one thing we in Ferrari can celebrate this season is that we have the fastest pit stop at 1.93 seconds at the Qatar Grand Prix. It's the one thing I can flex about being a Ferrari fan this year. 
That's about it. Uh, was that... Was that... You sure that was... You're right. Norris Norris beat that pit stop by a 1.8 seconds at the Qatar Grand Prix, by the way. I don't think it was a 1.8. Yeah, Norris... McLaren I holds the record was, at 1.8. I two seconds. Oh. Norris hit a 1.8. Man, I'm looking at updated information on <laughs> CHL.com, bro. I am pissed off. Right Qatar yeah. Norris holds the record. We saw no, Norris I, I mean, 1.8. Okay, we, we as Ferrari fans have nothing, nothing to celebrate. <laughs> Absolutely nothing, bro. There's, yeah, he I'm, holds the record of 1.8 seconds this season. Nobody ever look at DHL.com, bro. They got, fa- they got fake news on there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, wow, that was a lot of things we talked about. Now let's get into everyone's favorite segment of the podcast. Looski, take over. This is all you. Uh, Looski's hard takes this week. Right, do you wanna? Do we want to go over my hot takes for Qatar? Discuss sure. them real quick. All right, so horrible luck. Oh four three. It was shit. Uh, I predicted that we're gonna see teammates run into each other. Didn't happen. No. I predicted we're gonna see some World Cup memorabilia. Nope. Not nope. none of it. Nope. None of it. <laughs> that's one piece of clothing that was related to the world. Yeah, I watched the and whole predict- race, bro. Not a single clothing of article. And I predicted that we're going to see Logan Sargent's expenses build up. And that did not happen unless we're counting his medical bills. That car was safe for the weekend. Wow. Anyways. Now it's getting to 2023 Mexican Grand Prix. Fun facts from Oluski. My hot takes for the Mexican 2023 Grand Prix. We're going to start off with a fun one. We will see a bomb-ass mariachi band perform. Oh, I'm going to give you that one. You already win. That's my guaranteed one. That's my guaranteed one, at least. You're going to see a bomb-ass mariachi band, and when the F1 intro comes on... Oh my god, it's yeah, like, I'm, I'm talking like intro. when they're walking in like around the grid somewhere, somewhere like other than the F1 intro, we're gonna see a mariachi band perform really fucking well. Alright. What's the second one? My second take. So this out of many Mexican fans. Perez to have a really bad weekend. I hope that's I see not him, true. I see him finishing P six and under, to be specific. Wow. I mean, I hope that's not true. I hope it's last lap. Checo is one second behind Max. Max is about to win. Max pulls to the side. Max puts up a maracha on his hand. He shakes it. <laughs> Checo gains DRS in a corner, and he zooms past. And Checo wins the race. I, I Verstappen would never let that happen, bro. I think Verstappen will let that happen. He's, he will not, dude. He's not. I do not think Verstappen will let any ounce of that happen. We've seen it. We've seen him happen before. What was it? It was. Brazil last year, but that was different. They had beef. This year, there's no beef between these two drivers. Yeah, but you know what? Verstappen has beef with his father, and if he lets one point go to waste, he's going to get a beating <laughs> after the race. Yes, I'm walking back home. <laughs> He'll swim across the ocean to get back to the Netherlands, okay? Yeah, bro. He's like, hey, you can't fly. You must boat. All right. All right. And for a final one, this is a very wild one. We will see a red flag come out. Minimum, and two safety cars come out. 
Wow, I, that would make the race interesting. What do you what do you have to say to that one, Alex? That'll be very interesting indeed. I don't know about a red flag and safety cars, but I feel like we could see one or the other. I mean, I think the safety car is going to come out, and then the red flag is going to come out knowing the yeah, FIA. That, that's why I had two yeah. safety cars, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. it up a little. I but see. Well, we've had we had some quiet races recently. Something in hell is getting cooked and is going to unleash itself in Mexico. <laughs> don't say that. The devil himself has been as has been quiet for too long. We're gonna see we're some hell break loose in Mexico. We're gonna have another Roman Grosjean incident. Oh, don't say that. No, no, no that's what that's what you get. Obviously, I mean, hopefully, I, no drivers get hurt. But we, we like the drama. We like we like the action. Yeah, I don't want to see any drivers getting hurt. But I, if like seeing Leandro Norris crash going up Spa, Spa Funko <laughs> Shop. What is it called? Irouge. Like that was a spectacle. Like, like I'm really happy he's okay, and I wish he had like zero injuries. But it, it's it's a sight of its own seeing him crash going up Irouge. These cars are like paper airplanes. Wow, that was a good episode, guys. We talked about a lot. Uh, thank you everyone for listening to the Grand Prix Gridlock podcast. The Etsy stop is now live. The blog is now live. Uh, thank you guys Go for buy listening. Some shit. Go buy some shit. Uh, right now we have a funny Ferrari shirt, uh, Ferrari slash Lando Norris shirt up on top. Very nice shirt. Uh, I think we'll be back for the next episode, guys, and uh, we'll be reacting to the Mexican Grand Prix. And before I leave, I have one more note to say. I hope Checo Perez, Sergio Checo Perez, wins the race. <laughs>